This is Lisa Bonos, and welcome to Soloish, a podcast about being unmarried but far from alone. Today, we're going to talk about the cooking date. When do you invite someone over for dinner? What do you make? All of that fun stuff. Um, and my guest today is Gabby Moskowitz. Hi, Gabby. Hi, Lisa. Gabby is the editor of BrokeAssGourmet.com, has written a few cookbooks, and she's the producer for Young and Hungry, a show on ABC Family. Mm-hmm. She's all. She also writes regularly for Soloish, which is awesome. Um, yeah. Can she? Uh, Gabby writes contributes recipes and meal ideas for cooking for one. Um, but today we're going to talk about cooking for two. So I always think about inviting someone over for dinner as like such an intimate thing that mainly only my my close friends get get to that you know view of my kitchen. How do you decide, or how have you decided in the past whether you're ready for that step? Well, you know, I used to, um, it was something that I sort of stepped into again and again as a, as a food writer, mm-hmm. it, it was, you know, in the, in the beginning phase of a relationship or even a, you know, pre relationship relationship, mm-hmm. um, it was always exciting, you know, to have that in my back pocket. I'm, I'm a really great cook. I made a career out of it. And, you know, I would, I would find myself jumping the gun a little bit and I would invite guys to come over for dinner like right out of the back because I knew I could just like knock their socks off with it um, um <laughs> when you say right out of the bat like a first or second date yeah like really early on I was very foolish <laughs> I would I would invite them like right right away and it was like you know it's like every, anyone can go out to dinner yeah go to a movie yeah but I can cook you dinner that's really fantastic so but you know so I would I would start right away um, but it would kind of always crash and burn. Not the food, though. I assume the no, food was delicious. No, the, the food was always good. <laughs> so why, like, what a, what about it crashed and burned? Well, you know, I mean, as someone who loves cooking, as a, as a chef, mm-hmm. the way I cook and being in my kitchen is this incredibly intimate thing. Yeah. I mean, there's also the fact that, you know, if you're coming into my kitchen, you're also coming into my apartment. Yeah. And, you know, my bedroom is in my apartment also. So sometimes it would kind of rush things in that respect. Yeah. But it was also like this sort of revealing of myself and like this gift that I was giving. And I think that sometimes it was too early. Yeah. That the other that the two of you weren't ready for that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I think I kind of feel like it's in the same category as like having sex too early. Yeah. Like, Like it can be it can feel really fun. But then sometimes it really if you're not ready for for like that kind of intimacy, it can it doesn't always pay off. Yeah. Yeah. Um so after you were maybe cooking on a first or second date, like and how long did like when did you realize I need to maybe pull back on this and change change my go-to it, dates? When I met the guy that I'm now engaged to, Evan, mm-hmm. um he I really liked him and I was ma- I made this conscious effort to do things differently. Um, and so I found myself holding off on, you know, uh, a lot of things, a lot of disclosing things about myself right, right away, a lot of like, uh, over intimacy straight out of the gate. And mm-hmm. so I, I really wanted to like go very slowly. And, um, so normally, you know, I, I would like sort of jump in and try and impress a guy by cooking. And I ended up really waiting to cook for him for a while. Um, but I really wanted to share this thing that I do. This, yeah. I wanted to share cooking with him. Yeah. So I decided that instead of 
cooking for him, Mm -hmm. which sort of would create not only intimacy issues, but but kind of like a weird power dynamic. Yeah, for sure. I would cook with him. And Um, so what did you guys make? Well, I I wanted to come up with something that was um, not super involved and not super messy because, you know, we, you know, both had little kitchens. I didn't want to be, you know, um, trying to like bump, you know, I mean, I I guess it could have been fun to bump into him while we're jammed up in my (laughs) kitchen trying to use the tiny counter space. Yeah. um, But um, I've always loved making dumplings, Mm -hmm. um, like Asian dumplings, and one of the things that I love so much about them is that they are um, there's prep work, but then once once the the prep work is done, there's like a filling and then um, and then like dumpling skins. Mm-hmm. And once you get that stuff assembled, then it's like it's like kind of a long process to assemble them, but it's hmm. something that you can do while talking. So um, it's sort of like making fresh ravioli; like you have to kind of focus on filling each individual one so I made this sweet potato filling Mm -hmm. they knew he was a vegetarian Mm. and I bought the dumpling wrappers I could have made them myself but I wanted to to make it easier make everything easy and then we sat and we talked for like a good 45 minutes filling these dumplings Mm. and it was so cool nice um, and then you don't feel like you're cooking for someone. You guys are like doing it together. Yeah. It, you know, I, I did the, the, um, the filling in advance. It took like five minutes, yeah. just, like mashed sweet potatoes and some flavorings. And I, we could have done it together. It would have been pretty easy, but I kind of wanted like a, a fell swoop of like, here's some filling and here's some wrapping skins. And then we just get to the, like the, the together part. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was. It was a shared task. He, you know, I still got to show off because I got to show him how I, you know, like show him how to fold them and show him how to cook them. But he was doing it too. And it didn't, at the end of it, it didn't feel like this, you know, giant service I had performed. (laughs) I would put it in the same category as like taking a pottery class together. Yeah. That feels about right. Yeah. Um, And I also, I mean, you touched on this a little bit already, but like, the gender roles involved here, mm-hmm. I think it, there's a lot more for you or I to think about when deciding whether or not to have someone over for dinner than, like, if a guy wants to invite me over for dinner, I'm like, that's great. Awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't know. I've made dinner for uh, – I haven't made dinner for someone in about a year. And the last time I did that, something he said stuck out to me like he was leaving and he was like well thanks for making me dinner and I was like I didn't make you dinner we made it together but actually I had made it um (laughs) and when the relationship ended I looked back on that like oh my god I had him over for dinner on like a fourth date like Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have done that and maybe I'm overthinking it a little bit but yeah no I get it I mean it's it's inescapable in our culture because of the even you know in modern 2015 you know, um, it's not, it's not the case that, that women only cook for men. Of course. But, but it is such a trope. I mean, yeah. it was the case for so long. Yeah. So it totally, it makes sense. Like, um, there, what I would find when I would cook for guys is either they would disappear, you know, it was mm. just like too much too soon mm. or maybe they didn't like my cooking. Whatever. <laughs> I doubt that um, was the case. <laughs> um, or they would, um, like 
start to expect it. Hmm. And it's what I do for a living. Yeah. And it was like, it was complicated for me yeah. to, to have, to be kind of, to feel like sort of, um, feel sort of forced into this, uh, like domestic role way, way, I mean, and, and people who like to share, I mean, this isn't really a comment on like how people share domestic responsibilities, Yeah. but it was like that you have to date for a long time before those domestic responsibilities get divided up anyway. Yeah. And when they, when it happens on a fourth date, it all of a sudden it's like, whoa, like it, it so much gets determined before the relationship has been able to, you know, cook, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. To marinate a little bit longer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, can we also talk about control in the kitchen? Yeah, sure. Cause I feel like, Mm, singles, especially people who have been single for a long time or if you're living alone, I, I'm used to like doing everything my way. And mm-hmm. so having somebody else in my kitchen, if I'm either telling him what to do and he's being helpful, but maybe like doing it not in a way I <laughs> would like, <laughs> um, or I've been at other people's houses who are making me dinner and been told that like I'm doing something wrong. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. I, well, Evan will definitely tell you that that's an issue for me. <laughs> um <laughs> But the nice thing about cooking together in a in a really, really like like in something. The cool thing is with something like dumplings, you actually do get to exert control, especially if you make the filling, Uh because you they're going to taste good no matter how they've been rolled. You have to like let go of the need for the dumplings to look a certain way because that is an individual choice. Yeah. Um, if you've ever cooked with children, like there's sort of this moment when, you know, they're like shaping the cookie where you have to be like, okay, uh, it's going to go in the oven. And the point is that the kid made it and that's great. (laughs) And when you cook with another person, um, you just have to accept that their, their cooking skills, um, for, especially if you're like shaping or, uh, rolling something together. Mm Mm-hmm. It's going to get cooked and it's going to taste great. But this is a nice way to like, you get to control the filling and how it tastes. You get to, you know, show them the basic technique of how to make the dumpling. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, at the end of the day, they're just going to get pan fried and And you're going to eat them sriracha and it's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's not, I wouldn't say like maybe on a fourth date, invite a, potential suitor over to make dumplings for a bunch of other people yeah if you like to control the way things look that might bug you but um but yeah it's it's relatively controlled in this type of situation but yeah I feel you it is it's hard and like you're trying to be on good behavior on a first date you know (laughs) you're trying not to let that side of you come out but that's another problem with bringing someone into your kitchen early yeah yeah it's like if they're chopping the onions wrong like that that's going to be a problem for both of you. <laughs> um, it's kind of a nice metaphor for relationships as well, too, because you only have, like, control over what you're putting into it, right? Yeah. Um, and at some point, you just have to trust that the other person is in it with you mm-hmm. for the meal mm-hmm. or the relationship or whatever. It's, it's all going to get, you know, covered with cheese and put in the oven. <laughs> um, before we go, do you have any, like, I don't know, three rules for cooking on a like your first cooking date yeah um do something if you don't make the dumplings do something that you can work on at a table Mm -hmm. 
The idea is not for you both to be focused on your individual tasks, you know, fretting about the size and shape of the onions. The idea is for you to be connecting with each other and, and, and being comfortable together. Um, so that would be one of them. Um, a second one is, uh, beverages, obviously people have different, (laughs) different thoughts about whether you should cook, whether you should drink during cooking or not. Always. Yes. Um, if you are a drinker, you should drink while you cook on your cooking date. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I really think, I really believe so. And not, not like necessarily, you know, shots of tequila, but, uh, (laughs) nice to have something to sip. It's refreshing and, you know, um, and the third thing would be, even if you're cooking together, mm-hmm. do some prep and do prep in advance, whether it's prepping um, like components of the meal, mm-hmm. setting the table, just having everything ready to go so that you can focus on having a fun date and getting to know your date and not like, you know, um, doing all the prep while they're there. Uh, scrambling to yeah. find clean forks, do the dishes in advance, make sure that like, just have your kitchen sort of under control. So yeah, see, this is why, this is why I don't, no one's been over <laughs> for dinner in a really long time. All of those things are a lot of work for me. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on. I'm My really, pleasure. I'm, I'm hungry now. Gotta, go, <laughs> gotta make, go make dinner. And next, I'd like to bring in two friends and associates of the Soloish podcast who have lots of thoughts and feelings on the cooking date. Uh, first off, we have Pamela Kirkland. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Pam. Uh, Pam has been the editorial muscle behind <laughs> Soloish <laughs> since its inception. No, seriously. Okay, I'll, I'll take that. I like that. <laughs> so it's great to have your voice. Um, Instead, in, aside from just your brains. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, and joining us from afar, we have Tim Eden, who is a food entrepreneur in Brussels right now. Hi, Tim. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Pam. It's great to be with both of you. It's great to have you here virtually. Um, so we just finished up a segment with Gabby Moskowitz, who is a food writer and blogger and just general foodie about like her rules for when it's appropriate to invite someone over, a love interest for over for dinner. Um, but I'm wondering from the two of you uh, what what your thoughts are on that. I know, Tim, we've talked a lot about this. You, The cooking date is kind of a go-to date for you, right? Yeah. And, and actually, it wasn't always that way. But uh, what happened was that when I was in my early 20s, I was hopelessly awkward. At Just dating. in your early 20s? Uh, probably yes still (laughs) but um i was i was irredeemably irredeemably awkward Uh and i think that my personality is not one that holds up well in the restaurant and bar scene um and i also so i also uh was dirt poor when yeah. I first moved to Washington, D.C. and Like I was plenty of 20-somethings. Hmm? Like plenty of 20-somethings in big cities. Like plenty of 20-somethings in big, big cities. And I worked at this tiny little market in between jobs uh, for about six months. And my pay was basically nothing. But, you know, being 
a uh, let's say active 20 year old 25 year old male I was uh, still interested in dating and I realized that I could actually save myself a lot of money mm-hmm. uh, and potentially make a good impression with the cooking date so what what did you make what was your go-to I mean I've been at your place for dinner before and it was tasty but what did you make for the ladies <laughs> I don't think that I ever had a go-to. Uh, actually, one of the things that I find very fun, very sensual, uh, is actually cooking together, maybe combining two recipes that, that you know or, or working on something and, uh, and and seeing what happens, you know, just playing with food. Yeah, uh, that's... That's actually what Gabby recommended. I mean, you haven't listened to the previous segment, so you wouldn't know that. But um, Combining culinary forces. Yeah, no, this seems to be a trend. Um, Pam, I want to I hear about your experience in the kitchen with prospective paramours. Okay. Um, I do like the cooking date. Yeah. I'm big on cooking, so I enjoy to cook, cooking for myself. And cooking with someone else can be a lot of fun, like Tim said. Um, and actually, I did date someone where our first date was a cooking date, and I was a little standoffish about it. Was it at his place? It was at his place. Yeah. And it just, it's a very intimate thing to do with someone. I'm also very type A, so sometimes in the kitchen, I'm like, okay, get out of my way. You don't know what you're doing. You're cutting this wrong. I mean, (laughs) we've already discussed that's my problem as well. Um, So in someone else's kitchen, though, you can relax a bit? Uh, You try to. So for that date in particular, I tried to play the sous chef. I'm like, okay, just tell me, can I prep things for you and just kind of let him take the reins because it was his recipe. So I didn't know it was chicken tagine, which is basically just like – Chicken and a bunch of vegetables yeah. in a pot. It's del- <laughs> but no, in like a it's it's delicious. It is. It's very good. But I had never made it before, so I had to rely on him. That's one of those words that cost you thirty dollars in a restaurant. Tajin. <laughs> so, may it also accelerate your your dating pace by two dates if you use it. <laughs> so like. Okay, that's your go-to first date, but how many you can't like how many times can you make dinner for someone before it starts to get a little tiresome and or look like you're being cheap? Tim, did you run into that? Like you have a great date where you make someone dinner, then what do you do I, for the second date? Oh, I I wouldn't say that I ever had any kind of strategy. But, uh, <laughs> I think that's apparent. <laughs> but uh but I I cook a lot. It's it's part of my life it's part of my heritage it's it's who i am and uh, it's what i do with my friends mm-hmm. i do uh, with my love it's it, for me it never gets old so yeah. maybe it could get old for somebody else but uh i think maybe going for a walk sometimes is also nice it is also nice. I tried asking somebody out to go for a walk recently. Um, it didn't work out, but we met while walking on the street. And so I was like, would you like to go for a walk sometime? Yeah. Seems um, appropriate. <laughs> thought so. Um, now, Pam, I know I, where this is going. I know. Now I feel bad, though. No, don't feel bad. <laughs> what happened with the farmer? Um, so, I mean, he invited me over for cooking for the first date. Mm-hmm. And then... Subsequently, after that, there were several other cooking dates, which, granted, it was wintertime, so it was cold. There was a lot of snow this year. I didn't really want to go out anyway. But after three or four cooking dates, I was kind of feeling like, 
you know, Carrie, in that episode of Sex in the City, like, why are you hiding me? Why are we not going out in public together? <laughs> I'm sure he wasn't intentionally hiding you. It feels a little bit like going maybe to the same restaurant every yes. time, right? Yeah. Like, and if we weren't making the same thing every time, but yeah. it was kind of the same ritual of I would come over, we would go get the ingredients, we would come back, we would cook them, we would eat, and then... That also takes a long time. Time. Yeah, it, it was a it was a time commitment. It was not like, oh, we're going to go to dinner and then go do something else or yeah. I'm going to go home. It was like the entire evening. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hmm. And that's that's one thing I would warn people about on the cooking date is really to have preparation done before anybody gets there so that you're not spending your whole evening just cooking. You know, somebody's just watching you cook. That's not as fun. And you're potentially hungry while it is going on, <laughs> right? I'm always hungry. So I'm just like, if you're gonna if you're gonna feed me, I need to be fed immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like a baby. Have have an appetizer ready for <laughs> exactly. when Lisa arrives. Exactly. And then you can continue preparing dinner. But yeah, I don't so there was that cooking incident. There was also another guy I dated in like December of last year, and on the second date I cooked for him and yeah. invited him over, but I had done everything in advance. I had gone grocery shopping. I actually made the food before he got there. So when he arrived, everything was ready to go. And that ended up not working out. And I felt like... Why didn't it work out? Um, There was an ex-girlfriend issue that cropped up. Nothing to okay, do with so the cooking. The cooking the was fabulous. Of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I felt <laughs> almost kind of vulnerable, like... Well, I invited you to my house yeah. and into my home and yeah. prepared a meal, and it didn't work out. So I don't the cooking date. You kind of, and I don't know, Tim, if you agree, but you kind of put yourself out there, like to this person that you may not know so well because you've only been on a couple dates. Oh yeah, I totally agree. I mean, especially in the age of internet dating, it's you know, it's it's awkward at best to invite somebody into your house that you don't know at all or you know very little yeah that so doesn't I feel would... safe i would not editor <laughs> 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 here i do not condone inviting strangers into your home to make them meals you can do that by going on a picnic and bringing something that each of you prepared in your own homes <laughs> which i have done i i like the picnic date actually as like a hybrid between like going out and inviting yeah. somebody into my own kitchen. Obviously, like, we're coming mm. up on winter now, so that's, like, a little bit less likely to happen this time of year. But um, you can both bring something to the table, and um, and if the food sucks, you can always probably, like, find something else. <laughs> um, I so... think we also need to talk about what kind of foods you can and can't eat on a cooking date. Oh. Certainly that should play a role. What kind of – I mean, you make very creative, interesting food. Tim, um, so what in your mind would be something that you can't cook on a date? I would avoid anything that's too heavy. Uh, yeah. Nobody feels sexy after <laughs> pounding a T-bone steak <laughs> followed by, you know, brownies and ice cream. I think that that's, that's not the best route. Um, also, I think people forget that cooking can do things to your house. So, you know, if you're frying... If make you're it frying smell, make it a mess. Like... Or frying something, you're going to have a, a smoky house. That's or, true. Uh, those are the types of things that kind of take away from a romantic atmosphere. I would, <laughs> I would always say, 
go lighter, go healthier. Mm-hmm. You're with somebody that you could potentially love. Don't you want to feed them in a way that supports their health, supports their happiness? So, uh, That's so sweet. I... Yeah, that is sweet. <laughs> cool. Um, uh, and then what about the expectation? I don't know. Are there expectations of you're inviting somebody into their into your home, you're having a romantic meal, and then like, are you expected to get physical after something like this? Like you're already in their space. Oh. It's a little uh, – I went on it's a like, – It's like Netflix and chill but much more work. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, like, it's like shop, cook, and chill. <laughs> no? We can't start that as like a thing? Maybe. Yeah, I I feel like there is some kind of expectation because then there's an awkward, okay, do I kick you out of my yeah. house? Like, would you like to watch a movie or Game of Thrones or something? I, I mean, I don't think I've ever invited anyone over with that expectation in my mind, but with that expectation that, that you're going to kick them out afterward. Uh, <laughs> or the expectation that you're going to get busy. The, the expectation that we're going to get busy. Oh, yeah. I don't think I. I guess I've usually done the cooking date pretty early on, so I've never thought of like, yeah, this is this is going down. Like after the T-bone steak, that's not. (laughs) That's true. Maybe that's you walk it off afterwards. I don't know. I mean, and I guess it depends. It also might depend on like a weeknight or a weekend or what. What else is going on? Um, Okay. Well, I I don't think I would have any expectations of of anything being physical. I don't think anybody should ever expect that things are going to get physical. However, I will add that if, if things are going well, yeah, it's a much easier transition into another oh, for room. Sure. For sure. <laughs> Especially Just if you've made perk. something smoky, like you said, it's like, Oh, it's a little smoky in here. Well, the bedroom seems to be fine. <laughs> All right. Well, before right, let's we under the covers. <laughs> before we wrap up, could I have each of you give an example of maybe the, your favorite thing to make when inviting somebody over? I would add that I probably wouldn't try a new recipe the first time with a new person, but Ooh, yeah, no. I've done that before and it's ended up fine. I don't know. Do you have any favorites, Pam? Hmm. I do. I like making chicken dishes because you mm-hmm. can't really, unless they're vegetarian or vegan, it's really hard to go wrong with chicken. So it's hard to mess up. Yeah, like a chicken scallopini. I'll like nice. I'll make that usually a little pasta, a little protein, salad on the side, and lots of wine. I think that that's been like a common <laughs> thread throughout this conversation. <laughs> Tim, for me, I would probably go with. Uh, stuffed squash or stuffed pumpkin uh usually stuffed with quinoa okay the idea from rebecca katz who's an incredible chef if you don't know her and we have talked Um, about her before yeah she's amazing yeah um and you know light flavorful uh not gonna leave anybody hungry but not gonna make you feel weighed down Mm -hmm. it's a perfect dish in my mind Nice. Well, it sounds like, I mean, as a food entrepreneur, maybe this is one of your new ventures out there in Brussels. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks to both of you, Pam and Tim, for joining me today. 
Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. And for all our listeners out there, you can tweet your favorite um, cooking date recipes to at Lisa Bonos um, or share your tales of woe or joy in the kitchen. We'll catch you next time.